Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma, and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. You know, the little chorus that we sang that, uh, before Janine came up and Wayne prayed, uh, give, me, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, you can have all this world, just give me Jesus. It's a lot easier to sing than it is to do, isn't it? Than it is to really, really desire. Uh, I love the song, I love the sentiment, and, uh, and actually I love for my heart to feel that way, right? But, uh, but boy, it's amazing to me how, how the world and the Spirit just don't get along. And uh, at least in my life, those, uh, those desires. You know, last week I, I started... Uh, my message with the comment, you know, we, we've been in Romans chapter 12, and we're actually going to make it all the way to hopefully the end of chapter 13 this morning. But, uh, but I started it with the comment that, that Paul was going to begin teaching us some, some attitudes and some actions that we as believers should have regardless of the situations that we're in. And, uh, and I commented, I said that it was, a, uh, it was a difficult teaching because it was contrary not only to our, our human nature, but, uh, but also to the way that I and many of us, I think, probably were, were raised, right? The, uh, the, the teaching that, that uh, to, to bless those that persecute you. The teaching that if your if your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. To give place, give give way to wrath, and leave vengeance and leave results and and stuff of wrong. Leave it up to the Lord instead of taking it on ourselves. And to not repay evil for evil and for if at all possible, as much as depends on us to be at peace with all men. And, uh, and then Sunday night, for those of you that were here, you might, <laughs> in fact, there's no might about it. You remember I broached the subject of uh, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. And that actually the scripture says that uh, whoever resists authority resists God. Um, these, these are not easy doctrines to submit to. They are not easy things to, to hear. You know, I, I am, uh, in my own life, I am very much aware of the, of the tension that exists between, on the one hand, a, de- a desire, a, a heart that desires to be obedient to the Word of God. I love, I love the Lord because the Lord first loved me, but I love the Lord. 
and I, and I desire to be obedient to his word. And, 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 and I know the simple teachings of Jesus that just say, if you love me, you will keep what I command you. You will keep my commandments. <laughs> I mean, he makes it sound so easy, right? If you keep my, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And I want to, I want to be that, that follower of Jesus. But on the other hand, I find that I have these attitudes and sometimes actions that, shall I say, are inconsistent with the Word of God, particularly regarding things like the way we love, the way we submit, the way we forgive, the way we treat each other. And, uh, and, and I know that I'm not alone. The Apostle Paul, he, he, he felt the same thing in, in, in Romans chapter 7. I mean, he goes through the things that, you know, the things I want to do, the, you know, that in my heart that follow Jesus, you know, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And he says, I want to serve the law of God in my mind, but in my flesh, I find that, that I serve the, the law of sin. And while the, that, was a, that was an admitted reality in the life of Paul, and I see it in mine, he was not okay with it. He was not okay with being that way. He recognized that, um, that in his life there was a war going on. There was a war that... In his members, he said, a war that raged between uh, his flesh, right, our humanness that, that, uh, that thinks and that does, right, and that flesh that wants to think and wants to do wrong, and, and that battle that the flesh has with the spirit that wants to do what God wants, that wants to be obedient to the to the, uh, to the Word of God. And, and because of what Christ did, you know, we, we have talked about it on several occasions, just as we have been in Romans, that the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans spells out all that we have in Christ. For those of us that have by faith confessed Jesus as Lord and trusted in Him to save us from our sins... All that we have in Christ, that we have been adopted as children of God, that we have been given the Holy Spirit of God to, in, to indwell us. And be, because of that, Paul says that if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, God, if, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, and since I'm saved, it does. It dwells in me and it dwells in you if you have trusted Christ and are saved. Then he says, I can put to death the deeds of the body and live by the Spirit. He calls it walking by the Spirit. He says, Marty, because of the Spirit of God, you can do this. As difficult as it may sound. You know, in this week on you guys aren't getting a full confession this morning, okay? 
um, you know, like I did last week till I got calls from relatives about the story about my grandpa. So (laughs) I need to be a little more careful perhaps, but, um, this week on, on several occasions, I have been, uh, I don't know, I'm going to use the church word is convicted. Okay. Um, another good word is convinced. You guys know those mean the same things. Convicted and convinced. They mean the same things when they're coming from the Lord. And, and I've been convinced of, of attitudes that I have had. Um, and, and, you know, attitudes, are, they're not benign, uh, inanimate things, right? When we have attitudes, they're about people. You guys get that, right? Uh, they're, they're pretty specific. And... And the Lord has just convinced me, convicted me, that, uh, that I've had, I've, I have some attitudes that are not consistent with the Spirit of God that dwells in me. And, um, and here's, here's what I think happens in my life. You guys notice I'm not picking on you, I'm picking on me, right? We'll talk about that in a minute. But I think here's what happens in my own life, that because of what I know about someone or something, um, either, either firsthand because of what I observed or what I've heard them say or I've seen them do, right? Then I create, I have this attitude about them on, on the basis of what I think. And, and I allow myself to justify my wrong attitudes, you know what I mean? You know, it's, it's, um, I, I want to say it's, it's, uh, it's an unconscious thing because, frankly, I didn't really realize that my attitudes were so wrong until I'm, I'm, I'm reading through and I'm working my way through these passages and just God says, why? Why do you feel that way about them? That's not, that's not at all what you've been preaching. <laughs> and it's like, it's not, right? It's not. And so, so I am, I'm forced, I'm forced to deal with these real things. This real person or people, Right? That I, that I know or I see or I have dealings with or that I know of and I'm forced to deal with in the Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about anything that's public. Deal with in the Spirit what those attitudes and, and stuff are. And uh, I say all that to, to say this. this. This week I have had several, several people. I, I would say several of you, but I'm not real sure was any of you. Uh, one of them that I just heard about was somebody that actually even watched us online. And, uh, and, and they said something to, the, to this extent. Boy, you really stepped on my toes. Um, and, and, and I think, I think, I think you know what that means. I think I know what that means. But, but I, it, I've kind of, I've, I've just kind of <laughs> rolled that over in my mind 
because I don't that kind I don't like that right so I thought well I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into a little bit and and see you know what is the general consensus about a preacher stepping on toes what what does that mean so naturally I turned to the world's foremost authority Google because <clears throat> stepping on toes is not a bite I don't see it in I didn't it wasn't in my concordance Okay, so so I uh, so I did a little research and I and I kind you know you'd be amazed how little I actually found, right? And uh, but but I found a, a blog. You guys know what a blog is? Something where somebody just like spouts off on the internet about different stuff. And this there was this guy and I don't even remember his name. I didn't write it down. Uh, he apparently used to be. Um, a Baptist preacher. Now, the connotation that I get is he's no longer Baptist, right? Maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But, but he writes this, right? And I'm just going to read this to you. All right? This is, not, this is not me. This is just me reading the one article that, that I found about stepping on toes. Right? It says, stepping on toes is when a preacher intentionally calls people's sins or faults to their own attention in hopes of prompting consideration or repentance. And when a preacher steps on the congregation's toes, he or she knows that there is risk of offending people. But delivering God's messages to the people is more important than the potential risk of raising the listener's ire, so the preacher steps on those toes anyway. In Baptist churches, toe-stepping can often have a perverse quality, where the preacher enjoys sticking it to his congregants. I don't, by the way. And the people enjoy being the subject of the rant. Sometimes parishioners will leave the church and say, Well, you sure stepped on our toes today, preacher. Thanks. We need more of that. Some Christians actually enjoy getting yelled at every Sunday morning. Others are glad to hear the preacher stepping on toes as long as the toes that are stepped on belong to someone else. Yeah, you tell them, preacher. I say all that to say this. It is never my intent to step on toes. That, that would imply that I am intentionally calling you out for something, and, uh, and I don't ever want to do that, especially from this pulpit, right? If something like that needs to be done, then, then it's to be done one-on-one, -on -one, not hiding up here behind this pulpit. But also, if, however, as, as in my own life that I've already talked about, the Word of God prompts the Holy Spirit of God that indwells you or indwells me to convince us of an attitude or an action that does not align with the Word of God. It's going to feel like getting our toes stepped on. And, and you, uh, like me, have got... Uh, Two choices when that happens. We can 
repent, which is a word for change. And it means to to turn around and go the opposite direction. I can can agree with God that, that my attitude was wrong. And I can, in good faith and with good intentions, uh, desire to change. Or, or I can hang on to that attitude. I can disregard what the Spirit has tried to convince me of. And I can seek to justify why I, why I feel um, the, the way uh, that I feel. And, and when I do that, frankly, I miss out on walking in the joy and the spirit that the Lord would have me to walk in. But they are both very very real decisions that we make every day. Every day. And um, so before I, I get into the too much, I mean, I believe that, that was a message, right? But before we go on into uh, Romans chapter 13, understand that I don't seek to step on anybody's toes. I'm not calling anybody out. Right, but 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 we must we must read the word of God and let the word of God speak to us, right? Whatever it may do in our lives, because there it has lot. You know the the word of God has many many different functions in our life. It encourages us. It convinces us of right, right, just as much as it convinces us of wrong. I can just as easily come to a passage in Scripture and say, praise God, Lord, thank you for doing that work in my life. You're so gracious and good. But instead of coming to one and saying, oh, oh my, Lord, forgive me for that. But you know, both are works of God. Both are works of the Holy Spirit. And... Um, so, uh, so we're going we're gonna to begin in uh, Romans chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 8 through 10. See what time it is, 1130. Uh, we're going to look at verses 8 through 10 for just a minute, and, uh, and then we're going to go on and hopefully get through verses 11 through 14. Uh, let me read Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. And uh, I think when you, you're going to see, you're going to see the passages on the screen, except it's kind of abbreviated, right? Um, but, uh, but it says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, now that's a pretty broad net right there. <laughs> if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love 
is the fulfillment of the law. Now, you know, verses, chapters and verses were not added to our Bibles until fairly recently. So, so this passage beginning in verse 8, right, follows upon really kind of where I left off with last Sunday night. Where, where Paul, where Paul after, after saying, be subject to the governing authorities and, and going through all of that, says, render therefore to all their due. Render, give to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes, customs to who custom, fear to who fear, honor to who honor. Right? And, um, and, uh, and so, so, so he says that. And then immediately after that, he says, and owe no one anything except love. Now, this is, this is not a message on finances. It's not a message on borrowing and lending. I don't believe that this is an absolute um, message from the Holy Spirit of God to never borrow money. I don't think that's what it's about, right? Because elsewhere in Scripture, we have guidelines for how to, how to borrow uh, how to pay back, you know, it's usury or high interest is forbidden and, and uh, you're not to charge interest to, to, a, uh, to, to one of your brothers that is destitute. There's all kinds of passages in Scripture to, to teach us those kind of things, right? So basically, you know, from, from what I understand, and I'm not certainly not a major expert, but it's like... Um, pay your bills. <laughs> Don't owe anybody. Don't have people look down on you because you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So don't, don't owe anybody anything. Right? Don't get indebted to the point that you have to, you're, you're somebody's slave. Don't, don't do that. Right? He says there is a debt that you owe. And you're always are going to owe it, and it never gets paid off. And, and it is to love another. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who love, loves another has fulfilled the law. And then he lists the commandments, right? Don't commit adultery. Um, don't, uh, don't, don't murder. Uh, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't, which is lying, don't covet. And he says, and if there's any other command, they're all wrapped up, you know, in this one thing. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, Jesus, Jesus taught a lot about it. And um, in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, Jesus kind of sums up this, this thing like this. He says, therefore, whatever you want men to do, do also to them. For this is the, the law and the prophets. We, we call it the, the golden rule, right? Treat others as you want them to treat you. But you know what, what I find in my own life, and maybe Maybe with a little bit of introspection and reflection, you might come to say the same thing. Say the same thing. But sometimes I treat others, or at least I think in ways about others, that I think they're treating me. 
or that they're thinking about me. You're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. You help me, I'll help you. Or if I help you first, you owe me some help. You disregard or ignore or disrespect me, then guess what? If I don't treat you that way, I will at least think about you that way, which Jesus said is just as bad. So, so often, I'm afraid, we, we treat people the way they treat us, not the way we want to be treated. Do you see the difference? But man, it is so easy to, to fall back into that way of thinking and that way of behaving. And I don't mean to be stepping on toes, right? I really, I really don't. But I'm just telling you, it, it, it's so ingrained in us to act in that way that frankly is contrary to what Scripture teaches. And it's certainly contrary to the way Jesus, the way God loves me. The way Jesus loves me. To, to love as we want to be loved. To treat people as we want to be treated. Not, not treat them as how they treat us. Now, ideally, right? Those are all reciprocal things. As I come to treat you in a way that I want to be treated... You pick up on that. You begin treating me in the way you want to be. And we all live happily ever after, right? Nobody's taking advantage of each other. You know, I tell, I tell uh, couples that I am uh, counseling for uh, getting married, premarital counseling, or, you know, I don't even call it that anymore, marriage education. You know, that marriage is not a 50-50 thing where I get my way 50% of the time and, and Brenda gets her way 50% of the time. The way marriage is supposed to be designed is I give my rights away to her 100% of the time. And she does the same for me. And in that, we can have a wonderful, wonderful marriage relationship. But you know what? That's not normal. What is normal is... I treat you the way you treat me. If that's good, it's okay. But if that's bad, it's still coming. Right? Sometimes we fall into the, uh, sometimes we fall into the same trap that, um, that uh, some of the people that Jesus talked to fell into. And that's, that's that we don't, we don't have any problems loving the people that love us. Right? We don't, have, we don't have any problems loving the people that we want to love. It's the ones that we really don't want to that create the issue for us, right? And, and again, we, we justify that in, in some way by saying, you know, I, I just can't. I, I, heard that, I heard that testimony this week. There's a situation that's going on, but I just can't overcome it. But we can. We can. I, you know, we can through the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us. We can. You know, you remember the, the story of the Good Samaritan. If you don't remember it, I'm going to 
read it to you, but uh, Jesus did some teaching. Because you see, that's what, that's what this teaching says, right? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And, and some that Jesus was teaching, right, said, I got no problems loving my neighbor, right? So, but they asked Jesus, so, so who is my neighbor? Right? Said a certain lawyer stood up. This is in Luke chapter 10. Said a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? An important question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What's written in the law? And he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. As if it was just that simple. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and it says that the, that the lawyer wanting to justify himself. See, that's, that's what we do. We're like, yeah, that's what it says, but. Right? And the lawyer wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Probably thinking that Jesus would say, right, well, those that you're close to. Those that you, those that, uh, that you run in the same circles with. Those that you go to church with. Those that you work with. Those that you live next door to. But instead, Jesus told a story. He said, and Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing and wounded him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. It says, now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite. When he arrived at that place, a Levite would have been an expert in the law, Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked, passed by on the other side. said, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And then on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So Jesus looked at the lawyer and said, so which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him? Obviously, he didn't know any of them. Right? They were all strangers to the man. And the lawyer answered and said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Go be that guy. Go be that guy that whenever anybody crosses your path, 
that you can show love to. I believe that I believe that each interaction that we have every day, and this is a hard thing to remember, that every interaction that we have every day with every single person is a, is a divine appointment. For us to have the opportunity to show or to share the love of God with people. You know, I, think, I think that that's the reason that, that Jesus taught his disciples by this is how they'll know that you're my followers, by your love for one another. Right? And I mean, and it, it, uh, I mean it, just, it disregards bad attitudes and it disregards uh, doing people wrong or feeling, you know, having, having you know, those, those attitudes about, about people. But that, that we recognize that, that, the, that the command of Scripture is that, is that we love. And, uh, and, we, and we must choose to do that. Jesus, Jesus goes on in verses 11 through 14. After, after he writes about how we should love, he, he turns to, to the urgency in which we should have in our lives. Right. Listen, listen to listen to to these verses uh, in Romans chapter chapter thirteen, really beginning in verse eleven, and do this, or or in and in most in some translations like the King James, it leaves out do and this, right? And this, knowing the time, understanding the age, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. He says, Paul says, knowing this, knowing this is how we live, it's time to wake up, guys. Understand what the day is, that our salvation is near. We are 2,000 years closer now than when Paul wrote this letter. How much more urgent would the, if the Apostle Paul was up here preaching? I can't even imagine the urgency with which he would preach this. Now, he, he's in heaven, so he knows what's going on. I was going to say, he would be surprised if the Lord hadn't already come back, but he's not surprised. <laughs> but he says, knowing the time, now it's time to wake up, awake, awake out of sleep. What does that mean? I found a definition for sleep. One definition of sleep is a state of inactivity. A state of inactivity. With a loss of consciousness and a decrease in responsiveness to events that are taking place. Paul says, wake up. You see, I think the, the busyness of life I'm a preacher, and I find it in my own life. The busyness of life causes us to be lethargic about spiritual things. We get so caught up in the urgent. We get so caught up in, in how to care for our families, how to take care of things at work. Even if you're a preacher, you still have those things going on, right? They're just not the same as everybody else. 
But it is so easy to get caught up into those things and to quit, to, to not think as much about the spiritual stuff. And Paul would say, don't lose sight of the fact, right? That Christ could come back at any time. Or, or that you could meet Christ at any time. Or that somebody whose path God has brought you across today could meet Christ at any time. He says, wake up. Wake up and understand that the time is now to be about these things that I am writing you to be about. He writes with, he writes with an urgency. He says, wake up, be ready. How? How are we to do that? Uh, he says, cast off the works of darkness. Cast off the works of darkness. Scripture often refers, right, to, to uh, the works of darkness as what? Just sin, right? He says, cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Light often represents uh, righteousness, right? Now, is Paul stepping on people's toes when he writes these things to the, to the Romans? Is he saying, you need to do this. You need to cast off the darkness and you need to be more righteous. No, he's not. Look at the term that he uses. Therefore, let us. <laughs> let us. He includes himself, right? Let us cast off darkness. You see, that, that process of sanctification, that process of submitting ourselves to the, to the Word of God, submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God, is a process that we don't ever get finished with. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul experienced it. Certainly, certainly I experience it. Probably you experience it. It is a constant process of, of casting off, putting off those, those sinful things that the Holy Spirit of God convinces us of. Right? And instead of, as we cast those off, we put on, we grab onto, we are obedient to the things that, that, that the Lord would say. We must keep casting off these things. Just, just, hopefully I'll do a better job this week than I did last week. We've got to keep casting off those things when we recognize it in our lives. When the Holy Spirit, see, it's the Holy Spirit's job is to convince us of those things that don't align with the true Spirit of God in our lives. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And when, when we will be submissive and we will respond to that, then, um, uh, then I've then I, I got to tell you, I feel way better about how I view this person than what I did last week. I pray that when I see them, when they come across my path, my attitude and therefore my actions will be significantly different. Because I've already experienced the joy of Christ just by agreeing with that. Having not had the opportunity to do anything yet. But just agreeing with, you know what, God, that's wrong. 
Help me. Help me. It's better. He finishes and says, let us walk properly as in the day. And then he adds, you know, a bunch of sins that I'm really not necessarily preaching on. Let us walk properly. And that, he could end with that right there because we know what that means. We know, I think, what it is to walk properly. If not, the Holy Spirit of God will convince you of it. But he tells the Romans, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife for fighting and arguing and fussing and not in envy or jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no vision, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill it lust. See, it's a, it's a choice we make. It's a choice we make to, to trust the Spirit of God that is within us and to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God that is within us and to repent and change to what the Spirit of God is speaking to us. And I tell you, church, I just, I just so believe that if the people of God will start acting like the people they are, and praise the Lord, I mean, I know you do. I know I, know I do. Sometimes. Right? But, but if we do, Jesus has said the world will take notice. The world will take notice and people will be drawn to the Savior that you have. You know, there, there may be... <laughs> I may have stepped on somebody's toes. You know, there may be some attitude uh, that you have towards somebody or maybe there's somebody that, uh, that you've treated in, a, in uh, a way that is, well, like, like they treat you. But you know what? That's not what, the, that's not what the Holy Spirit would have us to do. He said, treat others as you want them to treat you. I think if we could just live with that verse on the forefront of our mind, it would, uh, it would change the way we treat people, talk about people, talk to people, uh, act, all of that kind of stuff. And you know what? It also will bring us tremendous joy as we walk in obedience of love with Christ. Amen? All right. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.